Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I am Dory. Uh, award-winning podcaster Dory Shafir is joining us today. Oh, thank you. Hot Dory. off the iHeartRadio podcast red carpet awards. Yep. Kate Spencer and I won Best Fashion and Beauty Podcast. There you go, everybody. Uh, self-care, not yet a category. Neither one, is IVF. One day it will be. If IVF podcast was a category, we probably would have yes. been nominated. And everyone, calm down with Amy Schumer. I get it. <laughs> Is everyone telling you about this? Too? Yes. I'm like, uh-huh. I know. Same. So, yeah. Yeah, I did that three years ago. I mean, unless she wants to come on the podcast. Happy to have her. Happy to have her. But, but, but this is not for her. Meaning, I'm not annoyed about her. I'm annoyed about people coming up to me. Telling me about her. Sure. Posting and how brave it is. And I'm like, have you not 
listen to the last three years of my life every week? Whatevs. I mean, clearly they have not. I know. It's okay. Should, no I've, should I have posted more pictures of my bruised stomach? I guess so. Right? <laughs> or not. I don't know. Anyway, mm. whatever gets the word out to make more people understand. Yeah. But I don't know how much you can convey an Instagram post about bruised stomachs. Yeah. I feel like you need like real deep dives, 45 to an hour and 20. In audio. Yes. <laughs> the perfect medium. <laughs> um, but no, it's good. It's, I feel like a lot more people are talking about IVF just in general. Uh, or maybe it's that kind of thing we always say when you buy a blue Jeep and then you start seeing blue Jeeps everywhere. Yep. You know, you're like, ah. I didn't know there were so many blue Jeeps But out you there. weren't looking for them. Exactly. All right. Anyway, <laughs> who, is the, who, is, who, is, who won the award for Podcast of the Century? Um, there was a Podcast of the Year award yeah. that went to The Dropout, uh-huh. which was an ABC radio podcast about Elizabeth Holmes, the founder of Theranos. The yes. Blood home testing or not. Yeah. I mean, she wanted a home testing blood testing company but it it was a it was a sham the fraud Mm -hmm, big fraud mm -hmm. um we actually met the producers of that show at the after party they were lovely did you meet uh matt gorley and conan o'brien no but i think i actually i think we walked past matt gorley going in but we were so flustered and like trying like because our award was given out on the red carpet which like was weird and annoying it's like getting the sound design award at the end exactly exactly um and so and and there was like this huge line of cars trying to get in because like on a lot and there the security was taking forever so was we, it at warner brothers no it was at the burbank studios or something i guess oh the an, old tonight show studios the yeah old jay leno tonight yeah show so there's a the blizzard entertainment there's an iheart theater there yes there is so we were in this like <laughs> I was line wondering of, how they dragged conan over it's 40 feet from his from his <laughs> television studio. yeah so we were in this like line of cars waiting to get in and finally we we're like we're gonna be late so we got out and started walking it was also freezing out and neither of us had jackets so we're like we're like trying to run in and, and then like in retrospect i was like oh i think that was matt gorley but he also didn't say anything to me you know maybe so, it's like contextualizing it context yeah and it's just like wait well i and it didn't click until i saw him on stage and i was like Oh, I think that was Gorley. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, that's my story. Good story. Um, but it was it was it was really it was really weird. It was fun. We were we were legitimately not expecting to win. And so when they, when they said, and the winner is forever 35. We, we were just <laughs> And then they like in Who were you up against? We were up against Fat Mascara. Not familiar. We're up against Dressed. Um, the it's like a history of fashion podcast. That sounds proofed like. Yeah, it's actually it's really good, and um, we actually have done a cro- like a cross promo with them. Mm-hmm. We, we like them a lot. Um, a podcast called Naked Beauty, mm-hmm. and the Cut on Tuesdays, which was you know New York Magazine's big podcast. Yeah. Have you done uh, Bridget yet? Have you had? Um, she is scheduled. Oh, I'm so excited. She's scheduled. When is that? Uh, a week from Monday. Oh, I'll be home. Do you want us to do it here? <laughs> no, you don't have to do it here. I mean, we can. I'll be packing. <laughs> you can say, hi, Bridget. Bridget, I love you. <laughs> Cook, 
cook me something with butter. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really fun. I'd never, like... I'd never walked a red carpet before. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Seems weird. Seems like something you would have done at some point. Walked your... a red carpet? Sure. How? When? I don't know. <laughs> No, I would have been the person to cover an awards show, not be in the awards show. Right. But like, you know, premieres. I'm sure you've been to premieres. Yeah, but like I wasn't I wasn't the star walking the red carpet. I was on the other side of the rope. Right, but I've been to premieres that I had nothing to do with, but I was on the other okay. side. Okay. Well Which I, I just I just was like, oh, I feel I'm like not, that's a thing Hollywood. Not as Hollywood as you. I feel like that's a thing Hollywood Dory Shafrir. I'm not Hollywood. Hollywood Shafrir. You're you're Paul Hollywood. I would love to be Paul Hollywood. Did you see that Sandy quit? Uh, I saw the thing you sent me. I didn't click any further into Sandy it. Sandy quit. Why? She said she's too busy. Okay. Then, you know, she's too busy. I guess. Who are we going to get to stand next to Noel? What if they brought back, like, Mel and Sue? It would be amazing. Mel and Sue and Noel. Three-person team. I'm just saying, it could happen. I'd like Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie. Oh. You know, Noel, the first season, I didn't like him, and then he really grew on me. And now I really like him. And he's also, like, very sweet. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's my story. Um... Big off. But, yeah, it uh, it was fun. We got dressed up. We got... We got Glam Squad to come do our hair and makeup. I didn't even see you. I was asleep when you got home. I know. I looked pretty good. <laughs> I'm sure you did, honey. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't. Mm, I was like sitting in the office half watching this YouTube video that's still up on my computer. And uh, I... I was like, why am I sitting here? I'm so tired. What time did you get home? Eight something. Okay. Not too bad. No, not terrible. Considering I started at nine, did a table read at 10, had a production meeting at four, and shot 10 pages. <laughs> Feels pretty, it's a pretty easy day. <laughs> <laughs> production meeting, we have another meeting on at 7 a.m. on Monday three days out next week three days out next week what does that mean? meaning out of the lot oh, oh, on oh. location oh i see a lot of daylight scenes you know january the best time to make daylight <laughs> got so much daylight <laughs> can do it go all day <laughs> so <sighs> going to san francisco shortly yep Hope to have seen you at Sketchfest if anyone listening to this goes to that. Yeah, this will air after mm-hmm. your show. Um, and then, so, I'm driving. Just, I had to go get cashier's checks, everybody, to do this move. And I didn't notice until this morning that the cashier's checks were for, they were for the inverse amount Meaning one goes to the broker, one goes to the landlord, and I accidentally wrote, I didn't do it. The teller did it. Broker amount went to the land, you know, they wrote the wrong cashier's checks. So now I got to go to Bank of America today before I leave for San Francisco while I'm dropping off our dog. (laughs) Get these checks correctly done. I don't even know if I can do it. 
I'm assuming I can. I wrote the checks are like draw you know, Matthew Palmyra purchaser. Right? I don't know. I've never had to return a cashier's check. Me either. It's never been done. No. Nope. In the history of television. <laughs> um We didn't just to be clear also, we didn't pay a broker's fee. Like they just like I I think the landlord pays the fee, but they Yeah, but it's like split but up, it's take split it out up. of this. Yeah. So anyway. It's yet another thing we have to do for these weirdos. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We had to jump through so many freaking hoops on this lease. Oh, bountiful hoops. In many ways, it feels um, questionably weird. I said that from the get-go. I know. You're the one who wanted to finally do it. Mm, oh, okay. So this is how you're going to blame me if anything goes wrong. It goes wrong? What do you mean it goes wrong? <laughs> oh, boy. What are you saying? I'm saying that, like... You want to blame me for things that go wrong. Okay. Anyway. So, you know, we're recording this at uh, 9 in the morning on Saturday. While Henry's napping. While Henry's napping. Before I go to San Francisco. Yep. To go do two more podcasts. Yep. And then I'll come back and then get a little bit of sleep and start work all over again. You know what? But then after that's done, guys, nice, easy, breezy week off. Nothing to do. Except move. You wanted this. You wanted to move next week. Yeah, I'd rather have... You weren't going for my slow move idea, which I wanted to do. Correct. So, you don't want a slow move. Guess no. what? Fast move. Fastest move in the history of moving. Yep, fast move. We're going to move so fast, it's going to be like we abandoned this property. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Hopefully, some nice homeless people make it their home for a while while I pay the rent still. <laughs> uh, while, we, while we pay the rent. Well, I mean, really, you pay the rent. You write the, you do the, you handle that. I just say I and the royal I. Oh, I see. We. <laughs> the French we. The French we. Um, Anyway, in case you uh, gathered, uh, we did we did end up signing the lease on this new place. And so the move is happening. Everyone's excited about it. Bo's excited. Henry's excited. Holly's excited. Dory's excited. <laughs> Hope you're all excited. <laughs> Matt has gone from being the most excited to the least excited. Um, this is the Matt conundrum of life, which is things always seem like great ideas until I have to do them. And then it's like, what was I thinking? And this is not really about moving right now. This is about going to San Francisco <laughs> today. <laughs> I'm just like, there's like no break. I'm like, there's no rest. I know. I don't know why you did it. It's like. But you were so like. Boom, boom. And then You were just boom. like, I'm going to San Francisco. And I was like, okay. Well, I just wanted to do one last year and we didn't do one. Mm. And then I said, if we didn't. And then Gorley asked me if I wanted to do bonding. I was like, well, if we don't do it this year too, then it's like, I'll ne we'll never get back up to Sketchfest. Mm. So. There we go. So that's why you're doing it. That's why we're doing it. We're doing it for the fans, you know? What are yeah. we going to talk about? Me know not. 
Do you have a guest? I think we're going to have Mark and James on, our fav- faves of the Mark McConville, mm. James Blyden. Love those guys. I'm entertained by them. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Maybe what we're expecting out of No Time to Die. Maybe. I don't know. I'm sure um, you'll find a way to fill the silence. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Like that one time we decided to talk about Octopussy for three and a half hours. That seems like a good use of everyone's Yep, time. it was. <laughs> I think we recorded that one here. That, that tracks. Um, anyway, how, besides of winning awards and preparing for a move... On Thursday, everybody, Dory went into overdrive. Some Something kicked in. I don't know what, maybe it was like a fight or flight instinct <laughs> or a motherly uh, desire to do right by her child or an understanding of who her husband is. But she went above and beyond, found movers, called f- about street parking. Which no parking still signs. isn't resolved, which I'm a little stressed about but hopefully it'll be resolved tuesday uh and also uh found an insurance uh, policy for the new renter's insurance that we needed to get which is a policy that is ridiculous but required by the landlord and also not terribly not expensive no it's at like, the end what, of the day was it 30 33 dollars a month well I mean, how much more was it than what we were paying I don't know. What it was we like paying. seventy dollars more a year, yeah. something like that. Uh, renters insurance, guys, get it; it'll protect you. I've never used it. Um, almost used it for the bike and when the bike got the stolen, bike. and then I bike, and they were sending me the check, and I called the insurance company. I said, "Guys, you're not going to believe this. I f- they found the bike. They're like, what? <laughs> they were like, this never happened. It probably is like, not only does this never happen, but why is he calling us yeah. to tell us that he doesn't want money? So, uh, yeah, it's the only time I've ever used registered insurance. But they were going to pay, you know, value of the bike. And it would have been very handy had the bike not been recovered. But in my in my endless pursuit of honesty, I still called the insurance company and told them. I appreciate that. Like the other day, I was parking at work and I bumped. Just a little love tap to Lou's Tesla. Mm. And I went and told Lou. And he's like, what? And like, we went and looked at it and he's like, why this is why would you even tell there's nothing here <laughs> i was like i know but i wanted you to know in case of, and he's like he's like you have this weird honesty thing he's like it's like with my kids when they were honest and then like some at the park they'd be like my kids were causing a fight and i'd be like no they didn't tell me they were causing a fight so they couldn't have caused a fight because they're honest <laughs> interesting yeah do you have an assigned spot this was on location oh i see i parked behind him mm. Uh, my science spot at work is I, use a, I either park at base camp where the actors park, or if Dan Levy is not at the lot that day, I park in his spot because it's literally directly across from my trailer mm. at the stage. Check out Indebted on NBC. Fran Drescher's back. So is Stephen Weber. It's going to be a hoot. Abby Elliott. Abby Elliott's in it. You got yourself uh, your... Uh, your uh, your uh, whatever you call it Adam there. Pally? Yeah. I don't know. What what was I even searching for? I don't for know. <laughs> you got yourself uh, But I brought you Adam Pally. <laughs> Andy Ackerman pilot. Andy Ackerman directed pilot. A lot of talented people on that staff. Annie Mebbin, Dan Levy, 
Baz Luhrmann consulted for a bit. David Garassi, of course. Uh, exciting stuff. But uh, I really would love it if Dan kept editing in the valley. Mm. <laughs> Spot would be wide open. <laughs> um, anyway, what else is happening? Um. Oh, I also set up LADWP. Yes, she also did that. I mean, she did everything on this Thursday thing while I was at work. Well, there's a couple of things outstanding. She did a lot of things. We still have to set up the internet. Mm-hmm. And you have to transfer uh, the gas over. So that's in your right. name. Okay. That gas has been following me for... Since Pasadena. For 13 years, I've had that same gas account. Tell me about it. <laughs> Uh, please please leave (laughs) um henry is like officially officially better like even like even the beginning of the week when he wasn't as sick and we went back to the doctor on monday and his oxygen was at 100 percent, he was still like he's still not totally himself and then I would say, like, by Wednesday. Oh. That just reminded me. Well, what was your deal this morning with your 4 a.m. night terror where you decided to go outside? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something was very scary, though. But why did you go outside? I don't know. My brain sort of processed it. You got up, and I thought... I was like... Oh, that's a night terror get up. I've seen that before. And then when you went outside, I got up and I was like, no, there's not like, I was like, maybe there's laundry she forgot. <laughs> like I was trying to process logical reasons why at four o'clock in the morning she'd be going outside. Couldn't come up with any. Then dragged her back in. And you got very nervous. About what? You were like, I'm going to, uh, you're going to, I'm going to wake up and you're going to be in the pool. Yeah, like, because you exited the door, and, like, the new place, like, our bedroom has a door that's very close to a pool. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, I don't want to, like, have you have a night terror where you decide you're going to walk outside and then end up in the pool. I know. I don't want that either. <laughs> so, I don't think you should be allowed to sleep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. I mean, I think we can. I think there's supposed to be an alarm on the pool fence. So if someone opens, will that do anything for you? Well, hopefully it would wake you up and you could come rescue me if I fell into the pool. Okay, hopefully it would. I sleep with noise canceling headphones. How did you wake up when I woke up then? I think I had had the headphones off by that point of the evening. Oh, I see. Sometimes I take them off at night. Sometimes I don't. Well, maybe you'll have to. Stop. But it was like four o'clock, so like my normal wake up time is like an hour after that, anyway. So, mm. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, all's well that ends well. This is too much babbling about everything. I guess. Should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the reason for the season. IVF. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombus just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombus sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're back. We are back. I also just want to remind everyone that if you do want to email us, our email is dorianmatt at gmail or Matt and Dory Gmail. They go to the same place. And f- our phone number is 413-461-BABY. Call us, leave us a voicemail. We might play it on the show. There you go. All right. What's up first on this agenda? So this is from Anonymous, but the mosaic signal from last week's episode. Yes, yes, yes. Um, While I didn't do IVF and fell spontaneously pregnant after many failed treatments, I did end up dealing with mosaicism. Oh, the irony. I had cell-free DNA testing at 10 weeks pregnant, which came back positive for Turner's syndrome or monosomy X. Monosomy? Monosomy? Um, a chromosomal abnormality of the X chromosome affecting females. My doctor basically told me there was either A, a high likelihood of miscarriage in the first trimester, or B, that I would deliver a baby with Turner's, C, that I would deliver a baby with mosaic Turner's. 
Only 2% of unborn babies with Turner's survived to birth. We were seen by a specialist and genetic counselor for the remainder of my pregnancy. When I passed the first trimester still pregnant, they continued with ultrasound testing, looking for the markers indicative of Turner's. At this point, I declined an amnio due to the risks, and given that I was still pregnant and all the ultrasounds looked, quote, normal, it didn't seem like it would provide us with any helpful information. They found a vanishing twin on the ultrasound and thought at that point... The positive DNA screen was either a false positive or the twin had the genetic abnormality and therefore didn't make it. I gave birth to a beautiful baby girl in July. We were advised to test her blood at birth to confirm or deny the Turners. When she was about seven weeks old, we got the results back. Mosaic Turner syndrome. Honestly, I was fairly shocked at the news as all signs had pointed to a false positive. We are being seen by specialists and a genetic counselor, but so far we have a wonderful, healthy and thriving baby girl. They call girls with Turner's butterflies because, like butterflies, they are miracles. She'll be monitored closely through her life, and there are some expected features, short stature, delayed puberty, and infertility. In most ways, I'm glad we had the heads up that there may be an abnormality, as now we can know and monitor closely. Many girls go undiagnosed until puberty or even later until adulthood when trying to conceive. All I can say, I do think the odds of transferring mosaic embryos are likely the same. Miscarriage because there's a serious defect, a false positive, or a mosaic baby with a condition that can be managed. Anonymous. Um, mosaics. I don't know. That's a roller coaster. It is a lot of ups and downs, all to end up in a place where you're like, mm, eh, it might. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did do some more. I did do some uh, some more deep diving into uh, micro deletions. Yeah. The news was not encouraging. Okay. Apparently, the term micro deletion is a bit of a misnomer because it can refer to like. Could be a macro deletion. Gajillions of cells or mm-hmm. DNA, whatever, in your DNA. And unless they know the size of the micro deletion and the exact location of it, it's like very difficult to say what it means. Mm-hmm. But the syndromes of a micro deletion on the long arm of chromosome two are not great the what did you say like the syndromes i see the things that the that things might indicate. yes it, it, it was not was not was not great like what <sighs> let me look it up um are, are you just gonna I'm listening oh sorry that was <laughs> The thing you do sometimes. Yeah. Why is he doing that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Checking my email. Checking my email. Checking, 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 checking my email. <laughs> Dear Mr. Bat, how do you know if someone's butt is stupid? I mean, is there like some kind of IQ test? Crap for the yours, Tyler. Oh, come on, Tyler. Don't you remember your algebra, man? It's called the transitive butt property. And it clearly states that the stupidity of somebody's butt is greater than or equal to the stupidity of that person's head. So, take our friend Homestar Runner, for instance. Look at his stupid head. <laughs> Look at how stupid his head is. <laughs> okay, so, you can easily infer from okay. this that because he has such a stupid head, that easily his butt is going to be at least as stupid, if not stupider. Thank so you. So there you have it. Okay, so until next time, on a scale from one to awesome, I'm super great. It's <laughs> a little strong bad email for you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so here's a here's a here's a 
disorder called the chromosome 2Q deletion. Mm -hmm. It is a chromosome abnormality that occurs when there's a missing copy of the genetic material located on the long arm of chromosome 2, which is what we think ours has. Mm -hmm. The severity of the condition and the signs and symptoms depend on the size and location of the deletion in which genes are involved. Features that often occur in people with chromosome 2Q deletion include developmental delay, intellectual disability, behavioral problems, and distinctive facial features. Most cases are not inherited, but people can pass the deletion on to their children. Um, so... You'd be a character actor. <laughs> it's a, first of all, it's a girl. She'd be a character actor. Um, there's also... 2Q23.1 microdeletion symptom, a rare chromosome disorder. Symptoms may include seizures, moderate to severe learning problems, speech delays, behavior problems, trouble sleeping, and developmental delays. Learn to crawl, sit, or walk later than other babies. Children affected by 2Q23.1 microdeletion syndrome may also have low muscle tone, slow weight gain, and may be shorter than family members. Hmm. So what we're saying is... Sounds cool. Doesn't sound great. Um, there's also 2Q37 deletion syndrome. I mean, these are very rare. Like this says, this one has 100 cases reported worldwide. Okay. Short stature, weak muscle tone in infancy, mild to severe intellectual disability and developmental delay, autistic behavior, obesity, characteristic facial features, and other physical abnormalities, such as short bones of the hand and of three to five fingers, abnormal lateral curvature of the spine. Other findings include seizures, congenital heart disease, brain abnormalities, umbilical inguinal hernia, tracheomalacia, gastrointestinal abnormalities, and kidney malformations. Uh, all right. So it seems like all uh, interesting things to grapple with. Yep. So. All right. There's, there you go. Learning a lot here on this podcast. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on. This is from Jen. Yep. Jen from Pittsburgh here. I'm a molecular biologist and spent a hot yeah, I, minute. I just want to reference that she wrote strong bad. That email. What, what? That email. In her email. Oh, yeah, she did. <laughs> Dory probably was like, I don't know what that is. I did. I was. But it was strong bad. That's why I played strong bad before the email so that Dory might be able to put it together, but she did not. Mm -mm. Sorry, everyone. Um, okay. I'm a molecular biologist and spent a hot minute working adjacent to a reproductive genetics lab at a local hospital. There were a lot of talks given by visiting researchers and doctors about infertility, genetics, etc. One talk made me think of you guys in particular because they were discussing embryonic mosaicism. Here's what I learned. Mosaic and euploid embryos, presence of abnormal numbers of chromosomes, happen during cell division after fertilization. It's not necessarily inherent in the egg or sperm. These cases will often self-correct. And as your emailer said, caller, I forget, uh, when PGS testing is done, only the cells on the outside of the blastocyst are sampled, not the inner cell cluster. This inner cluster is what eventually leads to the development of the fetus. I don't have any formal education on this topic, but it surprised me to think that PGS testing 
doesn't seem to be very accurate. Maybe it's worth a shot. Obviously, that's ultimately up to you both. I just wanted to share what I knew. I've also found some research articles that might be helpful for you. Sometimes these things are a pain in the ass to read. Feel free to let me know if there's something you don't understand. Um, she said, again, I'm not a reproductive geneticist, but I have a background in molecular genetics and really enjoy listening to your podcast, not only for the witty banter. Oh, she called us witty. But for the science of it all. Genetics are so cool. Jen, you, Jen, in 1,450 square feet mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Why did you look at me like that? You kept, now hearing your, you kept hearing your chair? No, there's a noise now. What noise? I don't hear a noise. I hear it. I one, don't. One husband, one dog, one boy child who's five, and one girl child who's two. You missed your opportunity to go one dog, one boy child who's five, one girl child, and one man child. Your husband. Mm. See? That's what you should have done. That's why he writes comedy, folks. Well, I fixed a joke last night when I came down to the stage and I was watching him. I was like, this is not the order this joke should be. I was like, say this, then go back to the lines as written and then say the end of your original line. And then everybody on the stage started laughing and I was like, that's how the joke's supposed to work. Why do I have to come down here and do this for everybody? And then I sat down. I was at a meeting, so I missed the top of the scene. Words mean things, guys. Don't use them wrongs. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> okay. Boo. Um, all right. Do you want to read this next email from Becca? Sure. Hey, guys. So I had an experience doing my first round uh, during my first round of IVF, which made me wonder whether egg freezing is a scam or maybe not quite the safety net it claims to be. Here's a story. During my first egg retrieval, everything went well. 13 eggs, 11 mature. Great. Then I, I see item. Only four fertilized. And none grew to blastocysts. Huge disappointment. My doctor's theory was that my eggs were slightly overmatured when they were harvested. So, the next time around, they took them when the follicles were a bit smaller. And we ended up getting a much higher fertilization rate and nine blastocysts. So, here's the issue. If I had been planning to freeze my eggs after the first round, I would have thought I had 11 eggs on ice. I wouldn't 11 have... good eggs. That's right. That's what I meant. 11 good eggs on ice. I wouldn't have found out that the eggs were no good until I tried to use them. Given that my egg quality and quantity and my age were not a concern... There would be no reason to think the eggs wouldn't be okay. I have found myself in conversations with friends about egg freezing. I hesitate to voice my opinion or share my experience because I'm not sure if what I went through is unusual. I don't want to dissuade someone from freezing their eggs, but I really could, uh, but when it could really work for them, but I also don't want to encourage potentially false senses of, of security. Fertility security is the phrase, you could always freeze your eggs. Just doesn't ring true to me anymore. Never should ring true to you editorializing by Matt Myra. I'd be curious to hear others' opinions and experiences with egg freezing, and this whole thing has just really been bugging the crap out of me. Thanks so much. It's Becca. She's in Maryland, 1,800 square feet. Husband, rabbit, bunch of frozen embryos. First transfer in a few weeks. Very good luck to you, Becca. Um, Becca, yes, you raised something that I that I think is now sort of like known to be true. I, I believe that they recommend that you do at least two rounds of egg freezing. Yeah. I th- I, and I hope we've sort of said this on the, in the past, but there's, you know, as Dory always says, when I say freeze, don't freeze your eggs. That's no guarantee. It is. As you can see, like we did five of those things. And, uh, 
we have Henry, mm-hmm. but not exactly a bountiful choice of other embryos, i.e. one that might be slow to develop or have facial feature abnormalities. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Could be like a big nose, tiny eyeball, unibrow. Would that count? I don't know. Um. Yeah. That is to say, if anyone's listening to this, thinking about freezing your eggs, this is a very uh, good word of caution from Becca. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm young. I went through this. And they were like, oh, uh, we might have technically, we might have overcooked them. And you're like, what the fuck, doctor? You're supposed to be the doctor. Why are you overcooking my eggs? I mean, I like a soft scramble myself. Sure, with some chives, maybe a little creme fraiche. Yep, exactly. Um, Oh, so she says, P.S., your podcast was a great source of comfort as I went through the IVF process. I loved hearing how you two navigated the experience. I got my whole family listening to help them understand what we were going through. Oh, I apologize to the rest of your family. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's play a voicemail. This is a long one, and it's actually a two-parter. Oh, I thought they were calling in to talk about X-Men 2. That's why you wrote X2. No, I wrote she has two. Um, Okay, so let's, uh, let's play her voicemail. Are we, are we on? Mm, we should be. Oh, why am I not hearing you? Okay. Ready? I'll turn this up. Nope. Hello? Nope. Dory? Nothing, nothing, nothing's coming in. The lady? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure it's on because I, I played a strong bad email and had no problem. I don't know how much you could look at that and question yourself. Hmm. What's going on here? Where's your sound going out yeah, of? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. You know, could be something as simple as that. Yep, 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 yep. Could be something difficult. Headphone port. Yep. Let me just uh, see if strong, strong bad plays just fine. Dear Mr. Bad. Okay. We're plugged into the same port. All right. Let's try this again. Hey, this is Katie from Atlanta. I'm just calling to uh, answer the advice signal that went out with regards to the, the caller who doesn't want to tell her family that they're having a boy. Um, the one, so with regards to, to telling them all at the baby shower, I feel like you have two options here. Either one, tell them all at the baby shower. You don't have to tell them that you've known for a while, and you can tell all your friends who are in on it to kind of go along with it so that everybody's excited because the other side of the coin there is some one of your friends at the baby shower is flipping up and telling, mentioning that it's a boy or getting you something that's boy related and then that would I think cause even more kind of issues with, with your family potentially in terms of being upset um, and with regards to kind of external family and, and friends pushing quote unquote like gendered items onto kids I was I have a very similar stance um, we did find out the gender that we were having a girl um, and now our daughter is almost two and it has been something that We've dealt with, like, slightly, but not, like, that much. Um, We don't buy her a lot of, like, gender things. Like, she doesn't wear a lot of, like, pink or purple or or kind of anything that says, like, Daddy's Little Princess or or anything like that. Um, But, you know, she does wear dresses. She likes dresses. Um, And so we kind of, like, let her do that. 
but the one thing I found with regards to family and them maybe not necessarily respecting that as well is that at the end of the day, you're the one who dresses your child, lives with your child, figures out and controls what toys your child plays with, and so you could either pack away the stuff that is like Superboys, trucks, whatever, until your family comes over, oh, same with a kind of any like gender toys. Um, my mom got me, got our daughter this like pretty, pretty princess tea set. And I'm like, I'm not about that life, so I just packed it away in the closet, and if our daughter ever asks for a tea set, I will then pull it out and give it to her. But at the end of the day, you kind of, can, you do have more control over that narrative than you think. Um, our daughter is just really starting to now voice that she wants to wear pink and she wants to wear dresses, and it's not something that we've forced upon her, but she's making the choice herself, and so I think that that's something that has really worked for us and so just you know work on setting those boundaries but then if at the end of the day they completely ignore those boundaries just kind of remember that you are you're the one who's ultimately making the choices so hopefully that helps um katie from atlanta i've called in before 1700 square foot house even though i'm now itching to move because i want more space because kids toys Good choice. Take up a okay. lot of space. Here we go. Part two. Hey, Katie. I got cut off. I was basically saying that I want to move because toddlers have a shit ton of toys. Um, but that reminded me of another point I wanted to make um, about, like, if somebody gives you toys or clothes that maybe you don't want in your house, like anything that's, like, battery-operated or, like, a tutu, it's, like, return it, honestly. There's a ton of stuff that I returned after our baby shower, um, and I got Target credit, and then Carter is pretty good about giving you credit, even if you don't have the receipt. Um, my aunt gave my daughter this, like, insanely pink, sparkly tutu for when she was, like, an infant, and I'm like, absolutely not. So I returned it and bought some leggings, so that's a much better use of my money. Um, of the money, I should say, so it wasn't my money. but. Don't be afraid to return things. And then if they ask about that, those clothes or that toy that they gave them, you could say, oh, I, you know, she stained it and we had to throw it away. Which, again, yes, I know, it's a lie. Or you could do, like, my case. You're like, oh, those are the daycare clothes that we sent this back up. And then for the toys, you say, like, oh, we don't put all the toys out, so we'll rotate that out in a couple of months. Um, and honestly, just do you. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Just wanted to finish up. Um 1,700-square-foot home in Atlanta, but looking to move up because I have so much stuff. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, if your daughter figures out what a tea set is and asks for one, I'll be very impressed. <laughs> uh, no one's running around with tea sets anymore. I mean, you know, you just get smaller versions of adult things, right? Tea sets and How are often great, are people though. having tea? Nowadays, you know, the lost art of tea. Let's put on the crown, guys. Let's watch some good tea. I love tea. I never see you drinking tea. Really? Really. Other than like the occasionally when I go to Starbucks and you're asking for a beverage, it's tea. Yeah. Well, you know, because not everywhere has um, herbal tea all the time. Right. And and I only which is your necessities. Tea. You yeah. need herbal teas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because of your your caffeine 
quitting you did when the baby was coming and then you haven't gone back like some kind of a lunatic. I know. What is wrong with me? I mean, I don't know. I don't function unless there's 800 milligrams of caffeine I know, in me. You drink so much caffeine. I do, but I sleep so much worse than you. <laughs> exactly. That's why you sleep so much worse than <laughs> I mean, me. I know, that was the joke. Oh, honey, honey, I know. Okay. All right. Everybody excited about Crate and Barrel at the Grove closing? Dory's not. I'm not. I like. I want to get us a new couch for our new house. And I, I went to the Grove to check out couches at Crate and Barrel. Crate and Barrel's closed. Yep. Are they all closed? What the hell? No. The one in Beverly Hills is still open. Gross. So I guess I could go to that one. That sounds expensive. Don't go there. Okay. Um, all right. Next up, we have an email from Barry. I'm going to summarize this one. Okay. Um, she sent us a link to a blog post called Why Your House is a Terrible Investment. Oh, geez. Basically, the argument against buying a house was interesting um basically making the point that property taxes are a lot uh home maintenance is a lot like can you not i mean it's Mosher, and i'm like trying to figure out my plan for right now turn off your volume so i can't do that unless i kill all of our volume oh there we go done okay go ahead keep talking um yeah, and so I don't know. It was just it was just uh, just food for thought. Also, Barry wanted to say, do not think that you are less than an adult for for not owning a home. Oh, but I do. There is no ladder to climb in adulthood. No there one is around you cares if it's you clear. own or rent. Everyone who tells who asked me if I bought a place and I go, no, I'm renting again. They have that look of like, oh, I know. Same. Sorry, everyone. She says no one is keeping score, but I feel like people. Everyone are keeping is score. keeping score. I don't know why, but fuck you, scorekeepers. Barry is in two, she's two adults, one six-year-old from an IUI in a 1,250-square-foot townhouse in Ballard, Seattle that perfectly fits our family. We have no clutter, and we love owning, and we plan to retire before 50, in part because our townhouse will be our pension one day in the near future, in part because we don't buy things and save more than 50% of our income. What? Who is this? Wow. Okay. La-di-da. Way to be better than everybody at everything. Seriously. 50% and we don't spend our money. I mean, I guess if we lived like in a very, you know, we could probably make that happen somehow. I could make that happen. You could probably make that happen somehow. If only I wasn't married to a man who <laughs> likes to buy very expensive things all the time. What are you talking about? Okay. What are you talking about? Mm. I love to just look. I like. I don't like things. I like people and experiences. That is not true. <laughs> that is a lie. All right. This is from Heather. Um, she says, regarding moving into a larger rental, do it. 
Having a dedicated play area for your child is so nice for both him and for you. I do not want to see kid crap on the floor once my children go to sleep at night. It may sound silly, but I feel more balanced and not a mom only if I can hang out with my partner without kid clutter all around me. As for the actual moving process, my husband and I have moved nine times, including our last two moves with three-year-old twins. We moved twice in three months as we had to do a temporary place while we built a house, well, we build a house outside of Madison, Wisconsin. My advice is to take your time with organizing cupboards and closets before and after the move. Disorganization and slamming things down quickly rather than thinking about what works best will make you miserable in the end. But move all the big and breakable things on one day. Keep your baby far away from the move with a sitter or family member. A great local moving company will keep you from losing your sanity on moving day as well a box to open first with bedding, toiletries, baby essentials, etc. Mm-hmm. Two, regarding buying your first home together. We have bought and sold three homes since 2002, now live in our fourth house. We made one big mistake when we bought our third house in 2013, the year our twins were born. Long-term infertility sagas had made us so used to living in the moment, tackling one challenge at a time, that we had a hard time thinking long-term, i.e. that these two fetuses would emerge, grow into toddlers, and eventually go to school. We bought a house in a public school district that was okay, but not great. As absurd as it may seem now, while y- when young Henry is still a baby, think about elementary school choices when you narrow down potential neighborhoods if public school is something you plan for your child and look for the online school report cards that your state likely produces so you can get to know the characteristics of local schools, not great schools or other non-education websites that produce ratings that are often suspect. Good luck and keep up the awesome podcast, Heather. Um, I like your moving advice, Heather. I like a box to open first. That's smart. Sure. I mean, I feel like Henry, you know, you could just pack a suitcase like he's going to New York and you're fine. Yeah. His clothes are small. The, the tiniest of clothes. Yeah. But. I don't know. like so much stuff Mm -hmm. to move Mm -hmm. so much stuff to hang Mm -hmm. so many curtains to look at Mm -hmm. so many venetian blinds you hate Mm -hmm. do you ask them about that vertical vertical blinds yeah i hate them yeah Yeah. they were like no (laughs) of course they were as i said to you i mean I don't know. Maybe we could take them down. Of course. Anytime. But then we'd have to put them back up. Uh-huh. Could you do that? Uh-huh. Okay. Cool. Um. All right. This is from Amber. Um, My husband and I have moved a lot over the years. We've done quick moves and long, drawn-out moves always on our own. I would not recommend slow moves. You relax more thinking about all the time you have to get everything done. Then it's suddenly the day you have to turn in your keys and you still need to clean and get all the stuff you've left behind, thinking maybe you just throw it out. We've moved our entire household in 36 hours as well without movers. My husband didn't want to trust movers with his guitars and other electronics either. It is stressful. But we got settled a lot quicker this way. We refused to rent houses and bought our third house almost five years ago. In our area, renting a home is going to cost way more a month than a mortgage. If renting makes more sense for you, then do it. But I recommend talking to someone about the financial benefits of both options. Good luck either way. Hope Henry is feeling better. Now, this is why she says uh, owning made more sense for her. She's Amber in Iowa. Over Mm -hmm. 2,300 square feet of finished space. Yeah. 
or my garage is bigger than my entire first house. Oh, also, please do not let Matt use space heaters unattended. Hmm. They're not safe and won't be good for consistently keeping his guitars at a good temperature. Yeah. I mean, I've thought that also. I think we're going to just keep, keep them, them in the, the house. Den. Yeah. Love the tools out there. I don't know what else. A fucking million guitar cases. Mm-hmm. An air compressor, drill press, chop saw, bandsaw, vertical saw. I mean, it's so many saws. So many different ways to cut wood, guys. Thank God. Um, all right. I'm going to play a voicemail. Um, all right. Here we go. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. This is Kim calling from Toronto. I'm really sorry about the noise I'm driving, but I had to pause the pause and comment about your moving debacle. Congratulations, you guys have decided to move. As far as movers, moving the guitars, Matt, Dory, I agree with both of you. And this is why. Dory, you're 100% right with all the big furniture. You have a baby. You have a dog. You guys sound like you have a lot of stuff. You need movers. Matt, you are also right. Move your guitars. I cannot stress this enough. Move your guitars. This is also going to help everyone's favorite bow. Matt, when you take your guitars, what I did when I moved my dog was every time I went to my place in the two weeks between moving, I brought one dog toy, and I actually brought the dog with me. So by the time he, we actually all moved, he was totally ready, and it was his house hmm. because his stuff was already there. I wish you guys so much luck with all of that, and it's me, my husband, my big chihuahua in about 1,500 square feet just in the suburbs east of Toronto. Good luck, everybody. Interesting. I thought that was an interesting... That's an interesting, nice, seemingly nice way to move a dog. Yeah. We're not going to have time to do that. Our dog's going to the chateau and coming to the new place. Yeah. The end. And he'll be like, what? What's I guess happening? I could just like leave a dog bed here and we could rent this place as Bo's dog house. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, all right. We're, we're, we're coming to the end. I'm just going to play uh, one more quick voicemail. She's not, Sorry. She lied? Um, I did lie. I'm not going to. How dare Wait, you? Wait, no, I am going to play this voice message. Oh, different one. Different one, new one. Whatever. Hi, Dory, Matt, Bo, and Henry. I uh, hope you're doing well. My name is Sarah, and I have been listening for about a year and binged as many episodes as I could, but I stopped at about 118 because I actually finally have a signal to throw out. Mm. Um, my first signal is I have an upcoming transfer, and my doctor has recommended a couple different things to help after a previous failed frozen transfer. And uh, I was wondering if anyone has had success with the following kind of options that she gave me. One was to kind of prime the frozen transfer with Lupron to better control the day. Another option was doing an HCG infusion. And then the third option that she kind of talked about was also taking growth hormones. So I was wondering if anyone has had success with any of these protocols uh, in their frozen transfer after previously failed frozen transfers. Um, 
second signal is a little sillier. Uh, some of my favorite episodes were when you guys were deciding on which lullabies that you thought would be great for Henry. And I have a challenge for Matt. My favorite group, the Rolling Stones, and I was unsuccessfully able to find a song that was appropriate for my wedding. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could help me find a Rolling Stones song that would be appropriate for a lullaby. Thanks so much for your podcast and everything you guys do. Um, this is Sarah. I'm in San Francisco, 700 square feet with my husband and two cats. Bye. So two songs popped into my head there. Uh, which would be, weirdly, I was like, this is something I could see falling asleep to, maybe. Fire would be the other one, I would say. Well, you've got your diamonds And you've got your pretty clothes And the chauffeur drives your car You let everybody know But don't play with me Anyway, those are my those are the two thoughts. Very quickly, I'd like to hear back. Uh, I don't know how you're going to know that you're stopped at 118. This is 200 and something. Mm-hmm. How are you going to know? How are you going to know? Email her back. <laughs> um. All right. One last voicemail. Hmm. Wild horses too might work. Hey guys, uh, Narantha here. Um, Bella Goble, mm-hmm. oh my god, occasional caller. I just, I for the first time ever though, I had to pause the pod um, because I, Matt, I loved Homestar Runner so much um, yes. in high school. She gets and me. So many things. You know how you mentioned that you say deleted. Um, <laughs> so many little things. Stuck in my brain, like I can't say Detroit without saying Detroit me because that was how strong that read it in someone's email once, and um, I constantly am singing in my head. I will never, ever, 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 ever write a song about Sibby. I don't know that anyone in my life will <laughs> understand any of this. Um, anyways, I was just really glad to hear it. I am with you, and. Um, also, there's one strong bad email where I think the cheat writes a song about, or he writes a song about the cheat, and I think about that all the time too. 
Um, anyways, that's all. Uh, have a great day, and I guess I'll talk to y'all later. Thank you. Thank you, Narantha. Narantha gets me. I don't. I can't believe Dory didn't get any of this strong bad stuff. Sorry. So weird to me. Wait, I have to play one more voicemail. I'm sorry. Can I play it? Come on, forward, Mortas. Okay, this is now a Homestar Runner yeah. podcast. I'd happily do a Homestar Runner podcast. Okay. Uh. Hey, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. Um, I had a couple things, hopefully, probably for like the end of a podcast because it's not so much uh, baby related. So, Dory, you guys were promoting Best Fiends a while back, and I was laying around, and I thought, I'm so sick and tired of playing Sudoku and Toon Blast, you know, so I was like, I need something new. Oh, I remember Dory said Best Fiends was good. Wow. Um, I'm pretty sure I have a problem now, and (laughs) cannot seem to put it down. I don't know. I need to delete it, because it is becoming way too addictive. Um, so thank you. Um, Matt, my family and I, we are going to Walt Disney World and in May we are planning on going to the new, uh, Star Wars, uh, Galaxy's Edge, which mm-hmm. is open. And we're staying at, um, Caribbean Beach Resort because they have the new Sky Rail. Yeah. Didn't know, like, around that resort, um, anything in particular food-wise. Or activity-wise, we're going with a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, um, or any like must-dos. We have been to Disney once before, so we know you know rides and stuff like that. Obviously, with Galaxy's Edge, it's going to change things up a bit. But any other suggestions? So thanks so much, guys. Love the pod. Bye. Well, I mean, come on, Henry's up. Just as I was going to dive into the Caribbean Beach Resort full tour. Hey y'all, don't forget to subscribe and click to Caribbean Beach Resort because they have finally opened all of their restaurants. Everything's back. You don't have to eat out of a tent anymore when you're there. You actually get to eat in actual restaurants. So, without playing the entire thing, and by going to get our son, who just woke up for his nap, as I have to go to the bank, where are you going? I'm going to get our son. Oh. All right. You want to leave them in there for another couple of minutes? All right. Just wrap this up. Yeah. All right. Uh, check out the uh, DFB Guide, Disney Food Blog. Uh, new restaurants reviews at Disney World Caribbean Beach Resort. It's a video they posted in October of 2018. So fairly, fairly updated. Less than a year old. And uh, we'll talk more Disney when we have more time to record, which will hopefully be next weekend. Um, but I got to go drive to San Francisco. And Dory has to be super mom. Super mom. Uh, you can support us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. You get uh, up to two bonus episodes a month. Five dollar level or above. You get your name right on the podcast each month. And here's a thank you to some of those patrons. Uh, Tanya Kerchemin. Kerchemin. The Holterman clan. The Kembles. Tracy Jury. Wolf Fox. Sandy Berry. Amanda Schramm. Andrea. Uh, Anna Appleton Clayton. Anonymous in Brooklyn. Bray Bradley. Johnson, Brian Gusky, Caroline, Caroline Marie, Chadwin, Louise, Christina, Claire Dealey, Crescent Martin, Danielle Nusiforo, Deanna McLean, Elise Dayton, 
Eliza. Elizabeth Kamani. Elliot Anaya. Gita Drury. Uh, Holly Propora. Jane Ennis. Jennifer Simon. Jennifer T. Brennan. Jenny Fick. Joanna Reinwald. Jordan Hamesley. Kaylee Hendrickson. Karen Perloma. I'm sorry. I made that name up. <laughs> wow. Karen Perlman. <laughs> Katie. <laughs> Katie Combs Pritchard. Katie Joyner. Carrie L. Kristen Anderson. Laura. Uh, Laura Bennett. Uh, Lauren Kay. Lauren Schultz. Lynn Nugent. M. Upshur. Madeline Deathsliffs. Mara Fass. Maria Bishop. Marina Breed. Mary M. Mary Messick. And that is that is the list for this uh, this here month. Thank and you all so very much. Everybody, you've been great. Let's keep watching your home stars. Make sure those runners are going. Who's that? It's but everybody come on for Hoa guys. Come on for Hoa guys. I see you jocking me. Trying to play like you know me. I'm like, come on for Hugo, guys. Say, come on for Hugo, guys. Everybody to the limit. The cheat is to the limit. Everybody come on for Hugo, guys. Say, ooh, ah, for Hugo, guys. Say, ooh, ah, for Hugo, guys. Who's that for Hugo, guys? I said, who is that for Hugo, guys? I don't know who it is, but it probably is for Hugo, guys. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.